0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. If you're fighting a real fight, it's probably not going to be a one-scripture fight. It's probably not going to be a one-scripture fight. There's scripture for that. Every day, when they were in the wilderness, they had to get a brand new word from God. Every day. Every day. And God said, if you use yesterday's word, or bread, supernatural bread, which is the word, it's going to stinketh. Okay? How many don't want it to stink? We all know God's word never stinks. But we do know if I'm holding on to his word as a religious practice and I'm thinking because I got this word yesterday, I don't have to do anything today, then my whole understanding of fight is wrong. I mean, yes, every now and then you get a knockout. Not often, huh? Do you know what I mean? You know, punch devils out of it. Woohoo! How many have had too many of those? I'm trying to think if I've had any of those. Maybe, maybe once in a while. Right? Every once in a while, somebody has that great testimony. They just found out they were sick. They went and stood in line. Benny Hinn prayed for them, and they were completely healed. Now you'd have to go back and see if the thing tried to come back. You'd have to go back and really see, was that really the end of the fight? But the bottom line is, how many know I love those fights? How many know we've prayed for people? How many know we've had that? some, And, and, and that's cool. So God can do it. Don't, don't think he can't do it. But if you really look up the whole idea of trials, where he wants you to count it joy, all your difficulties right we talked about this the other day I think he's actually wanting you to grow and mature he wants you to get into such a relationship with him that you fear nothing you lack nothing (laughs) okay so you have to start a trial with agreeing with God okay God I my flesh does not quite agree that this is joy yet but your word is true. So get me to the place where I count this all joy. And you could talk to people who've walked through trials and had victory. You get to that place. You get to that place. You get to the place where you don't have that kind of fear that you used to have. Because why, why, why would I, if I go through a terrible trial how many know if you go through a terrible trial and you lose? Something went wrong. And how many know then you're going to need some inner healing. You're going to need to get your doctrine straight. You're going to need to spend time with God to get set free from wrong error and doctrine. You're going to have to see who he is and not look at your circumstances. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many, how many books have you read where they do the opposite? And so this isn't about how faithful we are. This is not about our faithfulness. This is about how faithful God is. He is faithful even when we're not. And don't confuse that with thinking you're all that. Aren't you glad he's faithful when we're not? I don't know if any of us would have anything if he wasn't faithful when we're not. Right? He's amazing. So, all right. It's funny, because this morning, too, for God just trying to get all this to me, what he wanted me to do, because I was praying about it. Um, he, uh, Rick Joyner, Lance had a post on, and it was Rick Joyner speaking. And, and I was going to play it, but we can't find it again. But Rick Joyner just said, like, this, one of those three-minute really fast ones. He goes, do not have fear. Do not have fear. Have no fear. God's major message is always fear not, fear not, fear not. And so it kind of triggered in me the thinking of Caleb and Talia when they started that journey, when it was horrible news, horrible news. What grace they had, honestly, to not have an abortion. What grace they had to to come and be willing to fight. It takes grace to fight the good fight, okay? And so they were, um, and so for the Lord to give them fear not, that's a pretty good start because what is he saying? Fear is your enemy. What casts out fear, everybody? Only perfect love. I don't see anybody casting out fear. I know people say they're casting out a spirit of fear, but, but God's word says perfect love casts out fear. What's perfect love? Starting to know who God really is. Getting healed from the lies, the bitterness, the things that make you not trust him. Getting healed from the things where you read and heard where it didn't work for somebody or whatever. It's really beginning where your father wasn't the kind of father to show you the love of God or you weren't raised in a strong, seriously in love with God kind of Christian home. And all of a sudden you're starting from this place where your whole life is fear-based. A lot of people see the entire end times as a fearful thing well, every part of us that needs to be shaken is not going to like the trials that are going to come to get us to that place of lacking nothing. So so I just went, so you all guys know what we do. So if we're going to go search out something, what do you do? If you've got your e-sword, which I really highly recommend, or some Bible app that you can go on and get to the concordance, And you put the word fear in there. You put the word fear in there. And so, because I wanted to teach on fear. And so there's lots of scriptures on fear. I'm not going to go over them all, but you can go home and go over them all. And the only thing, the only being that you're to fear is God. And actually people water that down. It says, it is a horrific thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. How many think right now we have some politicians who should have some fear of God and Hollywood people and other people? How many know if they had some fear of the Lord, they might get some wisdom? How many know until you have the fear of the Lord, you have no wisdom? The lack of the fear of everybody says, oh, that's an awe of God. No, no, it's a fear of God. It's a fear of God. What do you mean? Because he even says, why do you fear man who can't throw you into hell? That's what God's word says. Who, why are you afraid of people who, who can only destroy your bodies when you should be afraid of the one who can throw you into hell? Everybody likes to laugh at old-time preachers who preach on hell. But look at the world. If the only reason you get saved and live a decent life is not to go to hell, it was worth it. But you're sure missing a great life. You are sure missing a great life. I just put this out there. If they do the mark of the beast, because it's all the technology is there. People are already doing things to buy with a mark on their hands. If they do the mark of the beast, which the official mark of the beast cannot happen until the Antichrist is in place and you know who he is. So you can't be doing the unforgivable sin now. But if you're here, when we get to that, And you take that mark of the beast. You are eternally damned. Nothing can save you after that. So I think it's a very smart thing to tell your children and your grandchildren, if they're not totally sold out to God, no matter what happens, I want to see you again. Don't take that mark of the beast. Don't take it. Don't rationalize it away. Don't act like it's okay. Let me tell you what, the biggest thing that happened in 2020, with the crazy stuff that happened, was them preparing us to be able to take a mark of the beast. Can we intimidate, threaten, use total lack of of real science? Can we do all of that to control people? Can we wear down, think of these kids Think of these kids who are in those situations, pulled out of their schools, stuck in these situations. Nobody know what's going on. All this fear. And you bad, bad kids, if you catch something if, and you bring it home to grandma, even though the government took it right into the nursing homes of grandma. People are nuts. These people are evil. They are evil people. And they purposely, purposely, led by Satan... We're trying to destroy our young people to live in fear and lies and do whatever they tell you to do. So we need to pray. We need to pray for all that to change, for those kids to wake up, for those kids to hear truth. We need to recognize it was a really powerful spiritual attack. And what was the weapon? What was the weapon of the entire 2020 thing? What was the weapon? Fear. What was the weapon or, or what was the, the weapon? Let me say that. What was the atmosphere? What was the spirit behind it? Fear. What was the spirit behind, you know, what? Fear. What was the spirit behind um, doing things that were not voted on in the correct way for elections because of the 2020 thing? Fear. Wow. Wow. People lost their jobs because they wouldn't bow to fear. People lost their jobs because they wouldn't bow to fear. They wouldn't be intimidated. They wouldn't be lied to. So I want everybody to catch on. We are in a different season than we've ever been on planet earth. We are in a new season on planet earth. We are definitely in the end times. We're definitely in the, the days of trouble. We are definitely in a time when the battle is between fear, and real faith. Isn't that exciting? Because we have if we're born again and God lives in us, how many want to see their faith increase? How many are okay with asking the Lord to increase their faith? How many are okay with doing things God's way and watching what God does and seeing how big God is? Amen. Okay, He's a powerful God. You can ask, you can ask Caleb and Taliah. And I'm just saying that that baby back there right now is a miracle that God gave them because they obeyed him. They obeyed him and not getting an abortion. They obeyed him in coming to church to get prayer. They obeyed him in asking for help. They obeyed him in everything. I believe they obeyed him in every single thing he required of them without question because we've got it pretty much documented. They, They obeyed him in things that have made some people mad. Get over yourself. It wasn't about you. It was about God doing what God wanted to do to save that baby's life for those parents. How many know the baby would have been okay? But how many know that wasn't God's will that that baby didn't get to live his life on this earth in that home with the family? but it took obedience. Like, well, why well, we try to obey? Well, if it didn't work, somebody who had the authority in it, you don't have the authority in everybody's lives, people. Okay, you don't have the authority in everybody's lives. I had no authority in that except they asked me to. And Holy Spirit told me to. I had authority to pray like I could pray for anybody, right? But as far as me have an exact authority, don't believe these people who say, if you come under their covering, they can protect you. That covering's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? It's if you're led by Holy Spirit. If you're led by Holy Spirit. If you're led by Holy Spirit. So perfect love casts out fear. Well, what's going to give me perfect love? Being led by Holy Spirit. Being led by Holy Spirit. So, the first one, uh, the one I pulled up, there's a lot of them. Luke 8:50. I just went to Luke. When Jesus heard this, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Fear not. Have faith in me and she will live again. And this was the man who came and his daughter had just died. And he just heard the most horrible news. The man was there trying to get help. He hears this horrible news. And God's first word to him was the first word that God gave to Caleb and Talia. Fear not. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to fear. Can I tell you the day we're living in? Don't give in to fear. All right? Don't give in to don't don't have pretended faith where you just say the right things and you think you're doing spiritual warfare and you're still full of so so full of fear. Don't have the I'm just gonna pretend it's not happening. That doesn't help you. You have to get to that place and say, you know what, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight fear by getting closer to Jesus. If the only thing to get rid of fear is perfect love of his perfect love, I need to know him more. I need to trust him more. I need to believe him more. I need to understand him more. Right? I mean, one of the greatest things that grace has ever done in my life. And one of the things I'm so thankful that I yielded to, because everything that comes That brings grace or faith comes from God, right? He's in charge. He has to lead it. It's not you being so smart and so good, you do it. So I'll never forget, I'll never forget when my daughter died in my yard. She's her body was still out there, or they just moved it. I'll never forget. I'll know exactly where I was standing to this day. And I said to God, because the devil wanted me to have fear, unbelief. He wanted me to teach wrong. He wanted me not to do what God's called me to do. And I said to God, Teach me your ways. I don't care about anybody else's book, but your Bible. I don't care what anybody else's opinion is. I don't care what anybody else has gone through. Teach me your ways. Teach me what you say about this. And then instead of having fear, I began to get more and more faith. Instead of having pretended faith, I got real faith. And then that's been challenged, right, for years and years and years. Do you still believe? Do you still believe? Yes, I still believe. Why do I still believe? Because God's word says so and because... That's his seed. Right. And I live in his presence. His presence is real to me. I worship him. I go, I love him. I love his presence. So I have the sun. I have the presence of the sun, Right. And living water. I, I repent. I change. I let God heal me. I let the word go in and change my heart. And I'm living in a place. I've been planted in good ground. I've been planted in his kingdom. I'm in the place he wants me at. But through this journey, I went to the churches he wanted me to go to and the conferences he wanted me to go to. And, and I became I was where he wanted me to be, right? And that increased my faith. I have more faith now. I have more faith than I had years ago. I have more faith. I definitely have more faith now um, with this miracle that just happened. But let me tell you, would I have had less faith had the enemy won? No. My faith is not based on an outcome. My faith is based on God's word and his Holy Spirit making it real to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't, this isn't kidding. Let me say this. If you're saved and you go to heaven, you win. You didn't see Paul trying not to die. You didn't, you didn't even really see... Um, John the Beloved, when they're boiling him in oil and everything they did, you never see him trying not to die. What did they say? To die is gain. Paul's, Paul even had a conversation with God about going home and getting out of this mess. He really, God said, do you want to come home now? Who knows? Maybe Paul was moaning a little bit. Right? Maybe Paul, Paul was getting a little edgy about something. said, Yeah, you want to come home? And Paul didn't go, oh, no, I can't die now. He said, wow. Man, to die, that would be better. That would be awesome. But, my gosh, God, I planted all these churches and I got things I want to tell them. And you showed me this and I haven't taught it to them yet. And, you know, I really think, and he goes, you know what, I think it's better if I stay. I still have things to do. Isn't that amazing? Do you still have things to do? I still have things to do. When I don't have anything to do anymore, I'm out of here, just so y'all know. Why would you want to stay here if heaven's real to you? There's only one reason. Because you want to do the works the Father has for you to do. You want to glorify Jesus. You want to live your life for Jesus. And you mean it. It doesn't mean you're going to be in ministry. It means wherever you are, you're going to be the planting of the Lord. It means your life is going to be thinking about Jesus, in love with Jesus, really growing in Jesus. And and then he's going to give you the desire to fight the good fight. He's going to have you fight the good fight. How many know we're fighting a good fight for this nation? I'm fighting a good fight for youth. I'm fighting a good fight for for the church in America. I'm fighting the good fight um, for what God wants me to do in the Philippines or Uganda. You see, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I can't do that in fear. All right. Listen to this one. Luke 12:4. Listen my beloved friends. Don't fear those who may want to take your life, but nothing more. It's true, they may kill your body, but they have no power over your soul. The one you must fear is God, for he has both the power to take your life and the authority to cast your soul into hell. Well, that sounds like real fear to me. Right? I I think it is a spirit of error to always make it look like, okay, it's not the fear of punishment that parents who did not know how to discipline that was not, that was based on abuse. Okay. What's discipline based on abuse? You got on their nerves and they're mad and they've been high or drunk and they hit you. They tell you to shut up or they're grumpy and gripey and they're having a bad day at work and they decide to take it out on you. Okay. Do you get that? That's not discipline. That's anger being abused. That's a kid being abused. That's a kid being abused. Someone blaming you, someone smacking you, someone who was abused himself and taken that spirit. Does everybody get that? Okay. That's not, but that doesn't do away with discipline. God says, and parents need to listen to this. If you don't discipline your children, you hate them. Now, he doesn't say if you don't beat your kids to a pulp because you're an abusive, crazy drunk. Okay, he's not talk- You've got to quit relating things to perversion because God doesn't, he doesn't use his word to, to defend himself because he's truth. And the world is so perverted and many people have gone through so much wrong parenting and wrong thinking and wrong everything because the enemy doesn't want you to be good soil where, where the word will grow, that, that you see everything through all this crazy. You need to step back and read the word and see things through God's eyes, okay? So he does mean it when he says, fear him. Let me tell you what, my, my dad who loved us, he never beat us because he was mad at us. He never, it was always to discipline us. But man, when he would take that belt, he'd start I'm doing that belt buckle. He had that big black belt like this big. And he'd start to pull that out. Oh, my gosh, you wish you hadn't just ate that gumball he told you not to eat. But he never really hurt you. And I remember when, when Lauren was a little tiny baby, and I was running late because I was running late. But when I'm running late, I want everything to go perfect so I won't actually be late. And that little kid had a little crease in her sock. Like, you know that part of the sock in the old days when, I don't know if they do this anymore, where the sock is actually sewn together at the end and you can tell? She did not want that part of the sock on a certain part of her toe. And the kid's only like two, if even that. And so she's like kicking her feet, not wanting me to put the shoes on and screaming about her socks. And I'm already running late. I've got her in the car seat. And she just goes flipping out over the sock thing. She had to be under two because I only had the one and I had... Mitchell's just two years younger than her, almost to the week. And I just, but I remember I felt such a rage. I wanted to scream at her. I wanted to tell her to stop it. This is stupid. And you know what, guys? So quit blaming your parents. I was able to say, no, I'm not doing that. And I kept her in that car seat and I walked in the house and I put the car seat in a safe place and I cried out to God and I hardly knew him anywhere close to the teaching you've had. And I said, God, please, please get that out of me. Please, I never want to hurt my kids. And I hardly knew God and he set me free. I didn't have a hundred years of teaching. I didn't go for 50 years of inner healing and deliverance teaching. I didn't go to 45,000 prayer lines. I hated what the enemy was trying to get me to do. And I knew I could cry out to God. Period. Because I did want to break this. Some of you guys get religious about inner healing. So instead of just doing what you're supposed to do, your brain clicks off to, well, if I could just get more in if I could just have somebody pray for me, if I could just figure out why I do this. How about hate it? If you hate it, you won't do it. Nobody does what they hate. No matter what, there's already people declaring they are not eating that fake food that they're making because I, I am not eating that. I already hate it. Is that even on the table. I already hate it. I already tasted it in some stuff. I know they've been testing this stuff. And I hated it because I could tell there's something fake in this thing. I won't go back to that fast food place again. They've been testing this out. But my taste buds already knew. Oh, I don't like this stuff. Okay. There's stuff worse than that. If you hate it, you won't do it. If you hate it, you won't do it. If you hate it, you won't do it it's time to start hating what God hates all right so he says the only one you need to fear is God all right, I want anybody to get that he says fear not when God says that in the Bible remember, he wants you to not fear the enemy it doesn't mean don't fear him H- how do you know if you don't fear him well we you do what you know you won't be doing in heaven. You say what you know you won't be saying in heaven. You react in a way that you know you won't be reacting in heaven. Or even on the earth when Christ is here and you're here in your glorified body. Right? You don't fear God. You don't fear God. You don't fear him when you mock him. You don't fear him when you do things that you know um, are wrong. It doesn't necessarily... They won't take you to hell. Unless, if he gives in to sin, the sin leads to death which leads to going to hell. The key is, does anybody want wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is real fear. It's, it's not fear... Well. God is the only one you can be afraid of his punishment, <laughs> right? Right? Eternal damnation. We need to preach what Jesus preached, okay? He preached about it. It's real. He tells you all the people who aren't going to be in heaven. He means it. He means it. He's not going to let you use a religious, well, I didn't get to that in her healing class yet. No one will lay hands on me and cast that out. He's the, that doesn't work, okay? You can't get up there with a truckload of demons in you that you kept giving into and then blame the people that you went to who were trying to help you. Right? And I know a lot of you aren't, okay? I know, I hope. I hope a lot of you are living godly lives. I hope a lot of you are. I know people who are watching, I know other people are living godly lives. I think a lot of you are living godly lives. I think most of you are at least living a more godly life than you would have been living. Give me a little bit of yay or y'all just like. How many? Don't raise your hands. Whatever thing is popping in your head that makes you feel uncomfortable right now, and don't blame me, Decide to hate that thing. And if you're blaming me, don't hate me because I'm not your problem. I'm just preaching truth. I could give you scripture after scripture. I'm talking calm. I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture. And honestly, you could not give me scripture to disprove it. So what is it that you need to deal with if you need to deal with anything? Because truthfully, This kind of preaching should make some people shout. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you. I'm not who I used to be. Thank you. You have set me free. Thank you. You are going to save people. Can I promise you that? I promise you this. Okay. I promise you this. The true apostolic teaching that is coming back into the body of Christ is going to be talking about hell. It's going to get so serious that people who directly lie and know better and they don't have a fear of the Lord, such as Ananias and Sapphira, we will drop dead in church services in the presence of God. Now, remember you can go look in the other, uh, what is it? Corinthians, which is a crazy church. I mean, Corinthians is coming out of all kinds of witchcraft, all kinds of demonic things, right? They don't drop dead there. Right. Thank God. Right. So they weren't dropping dead in every church. And the people who dropped dead when they lied to Peter were elders. The Bible says not many of you should teach. Yeah, they were elders. You can go look it up. They were very important in that church. They were big givers. They were donors. They were mature believers. And they chose to lie in the presence of God. And how many chances did they get to repent? gone and for those who think they have to back up their husbands because they're their husbands what happened to the wife who walked in the church talk good if they if if God if they had had cell phones back then she would have been warned God had to do something to make no cell phone work right She can walking in. Okay, I know he's going to lie. If they ask me, I'm going to lie. And we're going to lie. Him and I, you know, we're one. We're going to do this thing. And, they, and boom, she's gone too. I didn't say they didn't go to heaven. We'll find out when we get there. We'll all know everybody when we get there. Ananias, you guys are here. we not sure about that. Or maybe not. It doesn't say good things about liars. Anyway, so so he has put his Holy Spirit in you. And why am I saying this? We have lost the fear of the Lord. You're not raising your kids in the fear of the Lord. We've enabled everybody to absolutely think they can sin and sin and sin, and maybe in their last breath, maybe they'll ask God to forgive them. Well, you know what? If I'm sinning and I'm already planning to ask God to forgive me later, I'm not actually asking him to forgive me. I'm trying to manipulate him and control him. And how many think that's going to go over well with God? Come on, people. We're talking God here, okay? We're not talking about your mama and your daddy, your best friend, maybe even your pastor, okay? We're not talking about people you can fool. We're talking about God. Don't believe me? What about the scripture where they get up there like, God, yay, we're so glad to see you. Didn't we cast out demons for you? Didn't we prophesy for you? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Away from me, you worker of iniquity! I don't know you. Oh, would Jesus ever say that? He says it. So just get ready, or, or don't go to apostolic churches. Which you're probably not going. They're all going to become that as we mature and grow. God has gone way, way, God has been amazing to bring everybody to this place of loving him, seeing how good he is, trusting him, being hungry for the gifts of the spirit, getting healed from their broken hearted places, seeing how wonderful he is, right? He's done years and years of that, right? About 30 some years. That's been the main move of God. Does anybody think the apostolic is going to look just like that move of God? When I asked God, what's the apostolic going to look like? He said, well, go read some real apostles. The latter church is going to look like the early church, but intensified. Not lukewarm. Where's another scripture? Okay. He says, not me, Jesus Christ says that he is going to vomit out of his mouth, those who are lukewarm. Does that sound fun? I don't want to make God vomit. I'd rather make him smile. I want to be the one he says, wow, look at her face. I, I love that scripture where he's amazed. At, I think it was a satarian's faith. Like, I haven't seen faith like this from those who should know me. That'd be like God saying, man, nobody even knows who you are or where you came from. Or even your upbringing was nothing like really being taught in the word. And look at the faith. That's what he said about that man. Don't you want to be the one that makes, not that I want the situation to make God do that. You know what I'm saying? But I want the heart to make God do that. I want the heart. I have a heart that wants God to be amazed that I love him so much. That's my heart. My heart is, God, I want you. I want you to see that I love you so much. I'm not competing with anybody else. Everybody can have that heart. I don't want the heart to just barely get in on the edge and hope and go get into your preaching the hope I'm in. I Will not preach that here. Okay, I will not preach. I don't care how much you want me to be nice and kind. I will be kind. I will not be nice. Nice is not in scripture. I will be kind because it is a fruit of the Spirit. I will be kind. But kind can look like get thee behind me, Satan. I'm so thankful so many of you have really changed your lives and let God be in charge. And it would be awesome if you would be encouraging. For that to happen for other people. That'd be awesome. Be awesome for you to get healed enough to say, I want to snatch people from the flames if I need to. I want you to get healed enough that where if someone in your life you thought were mean or maybe they were bullying, it was the wrong spirit, and now you've decided What love looks like instead of letting God's word decide what love looks like. And you're more about enabling people than you are about speaking truth in love. Get healed. Get healed. Those are a lot of the Christians who cannot see God trying to use somebody to save our nation that they don't like the personality. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is serious times. Most of you would not like, some of you wouldn't like Peter's personality, but you would love John the Beloved. Well, how about if we see them all? How about if we see them all? How about if we see, and we have a reverent fear of the Lord? We have a reverent fear of the Lord. All right. What is the value of your soul to God? This is Luke 12, 6 to 7. What is the value of your soul to God? Could your worth be defined by any amount of money? God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How then could he forget or abandon you? Okay, God is not going to forget you. He's not going to abandon you. Isn't that good? God is not mad at you. God is not angry at you. He is angry at the enemy who has you bound. And he's doing everything he can to help you to believe him and not the lies you've bought about yourself. But at some point, you have to make that choice. At some point, you have to just say, I am now going to read God's word, ask his spirit to help me, and I'm going to believe what he says about me. Period. I'm going to believe it. And if there's a hard scripture, because there's some hard scriptures, even in the gospels, even in the new covenant, you're going to stop and say, why does this hard scripture bother me? And then find out why. Because if a, a scripture in God's word bothers you there's one of two things happening one is condemnation which means you're not in the kingdom you're still living under the lies of the devil you still think God's going to forget you or abandon you you think you're not good enough blah 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 or he's actually convicting you and you're trying to justify what he's trying to convict you from right right so you don't have to be afraid of the scriptures are fine. Go to God and say, show me, teach me, and let me know your ways, help me. Do you get what I'm saying? Just, just quit, don't skip the parts that you don't like. They're probably the parts you need the most. I love that I can talk to a real God and by his word, he will reveal things to me. And I'm going to go by what he reveals to me in his word when I'm seriously asking him a question and I've already asked him to heal my heart, to change my heart, to teach me his ways. It's really amazing, the word. You can find him saying both things almost all the time. That's why legalism, the word without the presence of God showing you, can actually bring death. Right? Gosh, this is, this is hard. It's not hard. Only seriously want the Holy Spirit. Only seriously want to be holy because he's holy. Seriously ask him to help you hate what he hates. Seriously say, I want to belong to you. And it's not hard. It's, it's real though. It's not pretended. It's not cutesy. It's a real, seriously deep relationship with the most powerful, powerful, powerful being there will ever be. There's nothing outside of him. He's amazing. That God himself, wow, that God himself would invite me and you into a relationship with him that took the death of his son to take away your sin. Don't you think for one second he's okay with sin, okay? Even your pride, which is separation. You think you can do it without God. That's pride. Okay, don't think it's okay. He hates sin. He hates it. He hates it. He hates Satan. He hates him. He hates evil. He, all those demonic, demonic things are all in there. They're there's no love there anymore. And they're eternally, forever damned. And anyone who follows them and agrees with them and hangs out with them are going to follow them to that desi- destination. This shouldn't bother you unless you're in sin that you won't repent and let go of. Right? Why'd you be so quiet? Is it okay? Show of hands, how many are in blatant sin and you like it and you're not gonna repent? Where are you? Okay, some of you are smart enough not to raise your hand that you should, but thank you, sir. Because that's what's really bothering you. Judging is a sin. If you're just judging based on your opinion, your hurts, your wounds. God says, who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his master he will stand or he will fall. And I love it, God says, I'm gonna make him stand. So if God is your master, here's the good news. Everybody, breathe. good. If God is truly your master and he's who you're serving and he is he who you want to be like and he who you're looking to, he gives you a promise right there. What is it? By the time he's finished with you, you'll be standing. By the time he's finished with you, you'll be standing. But he tells you to judge yourself. Test yourself. See if you're in the faith, which means you might not be. He tells you to put these things off and put those things off and don't deal with this and don't deal with that. Judging, I don't judge anyone's heart. Even the worst of the worst people trying to destroy our nation, they seriously could have a Damascus Road moment and find Jesus Christ and totally change and be the biggest um, uh, hero in saving this nation after being the biggest villain and trying to destroy it. And I think that would please God beyond anything else. I would be so excited about that. I would be okay if they don't even get punished, if they seriously have an encounter with God and he seriously changes them because that is going to be enough punishment for them the rest of their lives, just like you see with Paul. Paul gave everything to God because he knew he didn't deserve anything. That's really my heart. She doesn't like me. I don't even think about like and not like, just so you know. I don't. I do think about rescuing people all the time. So he says, So I want you to see this. God will never abandon or forget you, it's impossible. He says, What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. The other scripture what matters to you matters to God. How powerful is that? I know you've all heard my story about me of my son's basketball team. He wasn't on the team, but he was something to do with it. Um, and they had the best year ever. And my son won the ticket to go with them to some kind of playoffs and all this stuff. And I literally watched basketball for the first time in my life and the only time in my life and the only time I ever cared to watch it in my life because God gave me the heart to really care about what mattered to him, even if it wasn't that spiritual. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. So I'm like, okay, God, this matter. not, Not sinful things, okay? Going to basketball and watching it wasn't sinful. But I literally watched the games, and I was screaming and acting like a nut, which I never do for things like that. I only scream for God. And I was sitting there watching the playoff, whatever the thing was. And I was like, oh, and I'm screaming. And then I'm calling him, and he's there with all his friends. Mom, did you say, yeah? And then I, I prayed for him to get, win the ticket to go, and he did. And he's like, and I told him I was praying for it and all this. But I'm not spending the rest of my life trying to figure out make teams win or not win, okay? But it, it made it so real to me that what matters to me matters to God. Let that sink in, not just what we call spiritual stuff. What matters to you matters to God. So you need to treat him like that. You need to understand him like that. It's okay to be real with him. Teenagers, young people, it's okay to be real to him. Okay, talk to him. Say, God, this really matters to me going to this college, or doing this, or having this friendship, or whatever. It really matters to me. And then find out what this wonderful, awesome, powerful, loving father is going to tell you about it, how he's going to help you in it. He's not against you, unless you're in blatant sin. He's not against you then, he's against the sin, because it's going to hurt you, right? But what matters to you? It matters to him if you need air conditioning and you don't have it right now. If you live in America. Other nations, they don't even have a clue. We're wimps, okay? Just so you know, we're wimps. If you don't believe me, come with me to Uganda or India. Come with me to India. What month? Well, let's go when it's like 110. And then you pay for a car and, of course, the AC doesn't work, of course. And then they put, What? 15 people in a car for six. Woo, no air condition. And come there. And you got to cover, well, ladies anyway, you got to cover, you know, you got to wear all kinds of clothes. Then then come and see what flesh dying smells like, right? (laughs) You actually don't stink for long, just so you know. Americans stink because we're in air condition so much. Other nations... You sweat out the toxins and then you don't stink after that. Just so you know, this is important health stuff. Just if you stink a lot when you sweat, it means you're a wimp and you're not getting the toxins out, getting out in conditions that make you sweat. Anyway. All right. We don't have to put that on here, but all right. So he goes on and says, even if everything that matters to you matters to God, he says, you never need to worry. For you are more valuable to God than anything else in the world. What does he say? That's the kind of God you have. Now, maybe you didn't have that. I had that kind of father, okay? I mean, he hardly knew God, but he loved his kids. He, he always protected us. He always took care of us. So I don't, I don't have really father issues, thank God. But even if you had father issues, would you right now quit it? Would you right now? Choose to believe in a father who loves you more than anything else on the earth. Who cares about every little thing in your life. You can actually talk to him about your, for the young people, your girlfriend problems or your boyfriend problems or they're not problems or whatever they are. Or, or you got a zit and it's prom night. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. God wants you to talk to him about everything if you're willing to have a conversation okay god just doesn't want you blabbering all your stuff off he wants a conversation with you he wants a conversation with you and he's going to talk back to you through he's amazing what he can find in his word to show you about something that you would think couldn't possibly be in there i have never yet been able to talk to him where he couldn't show me something in his word he's amazing But I want you to get that. Get that in. Because if I'm going to fear God, this is in the same scripture about fearing God, right? This is the same scripture that starts out, quit being afraid of people, quit being afraid of this, quit being a man pleaser, blah, 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 blah. But have the fear of the one who can not only take your life instantly, but also put you in hell right? Isn't it something? He starts it out with that. Okay. So I just want everybody to see this. This is what God is really like. There is this God that says in the same paragraph, so to speak, in the same conversation, he says, hey, you know who you ought to fear? Me. Because I can kill you and I can send you to hell. In the same exact little paragraph, same little time he's speaking, he then tells you right after that, What's your value to me? How much do you mean to me? He says, You mean so much to me. You mean more than anything else I created. I'll never abandon you, I'll never forget about you. I'll do everything it takes. Can you get this? He will do everything it takes. To rescue you. Everything, even sending his own son, and he and his son are one, to come down here on planet Earth, live a life compared to his life in heaven would have been. I believe heaven hasn't gotten fancier and fancier. I believe heaven has always been fancy and we haven't gotten close yet. So he came down to. To what would be considered extreme poverty to us and to him. And chose to live just like those people. He, he didn't come down in some special, <laughs> some special technology from heaven and be the only one with, you know, clothes that get cleaned in a washing machine or something fancier, and you know, fancy shoes and all this stuff. And he went in <laughs> and lived just like okay, so he's convicting all of us missionary people. But anyhow. <laughs> Lord's like, yeah, you talk about that heat, but don't you always stay in that air condition, uh, pay more. Okay, Lord. And you don't eat whatever they put in front of you because, you know, you ain't eating that. But <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I used to be so bad. I'm not kidding. I used to be such a, not, I was very prideful when I first went on the mission field. But he still loves me. And he keeps working with us. But I want you to see this. I want you to see. I wasn't trying to do this. I didn't even see this until now. In the same exact talk that Jesus Christ himself is doing, right? He tells you to be afraid of of God. Because he can send you to hell. And he can kill you. And he can send you to hell. Did Jesus say that? And then right after that, he then tells you, He gets your attention first with the shocking statement. And then he says, but you know what? I care about you so much. I'd do anything for you. I'd never abandon you. I'd never forget you. I'm going to hang on to you. I'd do anything for you. And here's Jesus. Now, get this. When Jesus is saying this, he hadn't done done it all for him yet, have he? Here's Jesus preaching this, knowing, yeah, that anything is going to be me, Uh, having every demonic spirit attack me, being tortured, being beaten, being abused, and even going to hell for you. Can you imagine why he's preaching this led by Holy Spirit? Everything he says, he's seeing the father saying he's preaching this. And the whole time, and he can't tell them yet. And the whole time he's thinking, do you understand the kind of love? He's basically saying, I'm going to be killed. And my father's the one who says it. And, I, and you see, he tried to get out of it and the father said, no, this is my will. He goes, and I'm going to hell. And he's sitting here saying, here's what you need to fear. The father who can kill you and take your soul to hell. And he's sitting there preaching this knowing I'm going to be the one that's going to be murdered at my father's wish to save this person. And I'm the one who's going to go to hell so they don't have to. Stop thinking what he is seeing and knowing while he's saying this. So know how serious he is about it. And then look at him, then say, Do you know you mean more to him? Every person in here, every human being, every single baby in the womb means more to him than all the rest of his creation. And we act like it's disposable. We act like it's disposable. We act like it's disposable. We're, we're, okay. we're supposed to be okay with people bringing all this drugs in that's, that's killing people. We're supposed to be okay with that because it hasn't affected us personally or we don't take drugs. He's not okay with it, all right? He's not okay with it. He's not okay with it because he loves that deeply. And then he's like, look, people. He, he's like, look, whatever bothers you whatever matters to you no matter how much it seemed unimportant to anyone else God's like I care about it how can you here's Jesus telling us as the mediator between God the Father and and us here's Jesus telling us knowing what he's going to go through here he's telling us something so powerful he's telling you you can talk to him about anything And some of you think he doesn't love you. Some of you think he caused the bad stuff. Some of you think we we have so misrepresented him by trying to make ourselves seem faithful. He's so amazing. He's so amazing. No matter what you're in, repentance is so powerful because repentance is not, okay, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, oh my gosh, God. I don't want to do that I don't want to take lightly that you went to hell for me I don't want to do anything to hurt you I don't want to do anything to serve Satan I I don't want anything to do with evil I set me free please set me free and guess what nobody'd have to lay hands on you (laughs) you wouldn't have to hear 400 hours of inner healing if you got to that see All the teaching is to help you get to that place. (laughs) But if you could just get to that place because you realize how much he loves you, you can get free like that. There's not like a timeline on getting free. I've got to go to this many conferences and I've got to go to 14 altar. No, no. He came to set you free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. The rest is getting rid of your fear because that'll get rid of your doubt and unbelief. All right. Let me just do these last two in Luke. So Luke twelve eight. He says, I can assure you of this. If you don't hold back, but you freely declare in public that I am the Son of Man, the Messiah, I will freely declare to all the angels of God that you are mine. But if you publicly pretend that you don't know me, I will deny you before the angels of God. I will to look this up in the King James. I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men... I shall, then him, maybe in the Son of Man, shall confess you before the angels of God. But he that denies me before men shall be denied. It goes on, whatever you shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty powerful, isn't it? If you were the devil, what would you want everybody to do? Blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That would be one of your major goals. Pump out as much garbage on TikTok, as much crud stuff in movies. Just put out as much stuff as you can so you can get people making fun of the Holy Spirit. When somebody manifests the presence of God, casts a demon out, somebody falls out, and somebody laughs and says that's not real, and they begin to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you are doing exactly what Satan wants you to do. See, we gotta know. Satan knows this word. Does everybody know that? And he knows, he knows the things that he can try to do. That mark of the beast is a big one for just for the very end times, which he doesn't even know when that is. But if he can get you to stay in your iniquity and thinking you're okay with God because you're so spiritual, he's got you. And if he can get you to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to get into blasphemy. I I don't ever want to water things down and be wrong. But there are scriptures to make it seem as if you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit accidentally. You have to taste and see how good God is. And let me say this. If you're tormented that you blasphemed, you probably didn't. Because once you blaspheme, Satan owns you. And he's not going to be the one to clue you in on it. And the only one we know for sure who blasphemed was um, Judas. And he killed himself really fast. But why would Jesus tell us this if it's not important? Because he knows Satan's going to do what he can to get you to say the Holy Spirit's not real after you know he's real. See, when, they, when Jesus, they, they knew he was the Son of God. They heard what he preached. They saw his power. They saw his authority, right? They saw what he was doing, and they saw him do powerful miracles. And basically, Jesus is saying, you can say whatever you want against me, and if you repent, that can be forgiven, which is amazing, isn't it? But if you say anything against Holy Spirit, who is doing these things through me, you cannot be forgiven. I mean, no, we need to teach our kids. We need, we need to teach the word. We need to teach the word. This is serious stuff. The fear of the Lord. That's why when people come and say, well, do you know, do you think that was God? I don't think about it. Well, did you go to that meeting and see this? Do you think that was God? I don't touch it. I'm not blaspheming in the Holy Spirit. Put me in the meeting and I can tell you. But I can't tell you if I'm not there. And I'm not touching it. That's why it's so to set people free who are in a counterfeit spirituality. And there's a lot of people in the church in that. You just don't get it. If you got the fear of the Lord, you're going to take that so seriously because you're not going to ever want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But you also don't want anybody to blaspheme the Holy Spirit if it really is the Holy Spirit. Do you see why the Bible says when that light in you becomes dark, it's really dark. When somebody had light in them and they were born again and then they get into darkness and they don't know the difference, it's one of the most difficult deliverances there is. Because number one, I don't expect you to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That would be horrible. And I'm not going to blaspheme in the Holy Spirit. I always wait till I see the Lord. I, I discern pretty, pretty well, just to be quite honest, because it's a powerful gift in my life. But then I wait. You have to do something so I got to see it. I got to know it. And then when I do, then, then I'll come in and really try to help you. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to rescue you from, from deception. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So, so why am I saying all this? Get in the word. like Get in the word. This is some serious stuff. Everybody's watching this and watching that and seeing this and seeing that. I'll be honest. Once you mature a little bit. I'm cool with watching things like chosen. I'm not cool with you thinking that takes a place of the scripture or reveals him as he is. I'm not cool with all the things being put in there and you think that's in the word because you don't know the word. I'm fine with you being entertained by it. I'm fine with when they do some of the scenes that are anointed, okay? And, and and it makes, to me, it's to make people realize Jesus is real and they should want to get in the Bible. If you think that is the reality that the Bible can prove you're wrong. There's a few cases, things they work up to that's very anointed, that's pretty much word for word scripture. Most of it is somebody adding all that in there, which is fine, because they tell you they do that. They're not presenting it as if it's scripture. But it's wrong if you think it's scripture and that makes you think you can't get in the word. I'm the opposite. As soon as I see something, I gotta get in the word and say, prove that to me. Where's that at? That's not in here, okay? Personally, I, do, I haven't watched it, but a little bit. And I'm not against it. I think it's really cool. God's really getting the word out. He's real. He wants a relationship with you. He's trying to break down all religious stuff. But for me, I don't want to get confused. That's why I don't read um, the book of Enoch. That's why I don't read um, the Maccabees. I have all these books, believe it or not. I have all these Old Testament, ancient days, script, all this stuff. I personally hardly ever read it because I don't want to teach something That's not in the word of God as if it is in the word of God. And I wouldn't have to think about that if people would actually study to be approved, but a lot of people don't. You know, it's like, it's serious to know what is in that word. What is really in that word? What does God reveal by his spirit about that word, right? And not one person's... um, imagination about it. And like I said, it's great for what he does with it. God's called him to do it. He's blessed it. Praise God. Okay. I um, the few times I've watched it when he does the real scripture ones I I like it. I, I really don't the other parts I don't like that much. But I don't hate them. I, I see. I can recognize this is drama. Oh okay this is drama based right on specific scriptures that they were leading up to and that part's anointed. Like I said, I'm saying this though, because we are a fast food generation that don't want to sit down and feed ourselves. And now we think we know God's like this and he'll do this. And I think they represent God pretty well in there to be quite honest, because he, he can really, the little bit I've seen, I think I've seen three episodes, he will walk off or he will say something that's very true to character if you read the word. So I'm, I'm not at all knocking it, but I am saying you, you don't want to ever watch something that's drama more than you're in the word to know what really is real because then you're not going to be able to preach you're not going to be able to teach you're not going to be able to really show him and what's approved right and and i personally i have a hard time watching things with Jesus in it cuz i've seen him and nobody looks close to what he looks like and i don't want to get their face in my thinking i want his but um that's just that's just my personal walk with God I just want everybody so hungry for him. So we do not want. We do not want to not declare who he is as the Messiah. When he says there to declare him as the son of man, what is he talking about? Why is it important to declare him as the son of man instead of the son of God? And in, in, when he's speaking here. Because the only test of the spirit is that God came in the flesh. Okay, that's the test of the spirit. If, if somebody says, oh, I believe in God and there's all these gods. No, no, no. The test of the spirit is, do you believe that God himself took on flesh and came down here as a human and, and started, did the whole human thing? Because if you don't believe that, then you don't believe he's the right. You don't have the right Jesus. Okay, you don't have the right Jesus, so that's why that's important. Okay, anyway, um, I have one more, then I'll be done. I know everybody's got to eat. All right, um, I, I did like this part about that too. It's kind of cool. If you don't hold back, but declare in public that Jesus is the Son of Man, the Messiah, then He will freely declare to all the angels of God that you are His. But if you publicly pretend that you don't know him, he will deny before the angels of God. Isn't that amazing? He says the angels of God. And I'm going to tell you something about that. When we're praying and releasing angels, if you deny him or you don't publicly tell people about him, your authority to release angels is very limited. There's seven for those who come in Intercession. It's like God is saying, you know what? If you tell everybody about me and you're not ashamed of me and you talk about my gospel and you, you understand who I am and you're not, and you're in that kingdom and you're doing that, I'm going to let the angels know this one's mine. Go do, go do what she says. When she speaks my word, go for it. When she speaks my word, go for it. When he speaks my word, he knows me. He says who I am. You have authority. They have power. What is that doing guys? It breaks off your mindset of religion that if I just do this, then it works. Nothing works because you do this. It works because God is in a relationship with you and you recognize that and you embrace that and you love him and you love his word and you're not trying to do this. This is who you are in Christ. And then when you will say who he is and you're cool with who he is and you know who he is and you love the kingdom, then when you speak, He says, that one knows me. They don't deny me. They are not one person in church and somebody else in public. Go and do what they just released. Isn't that powerful? See, one thing he's really trying to do Tuesday nights and here Sunday and to really help everybody, because some of y'all don't even know how much help you need. He's trying to get you out of hidden knowledge, Christianity, and into the Spirit. Your carnal mind is an enemy to your spirit. And some of you, I just feel like some people just, not not just here, everywhere. So few people know the difference. If I could just be a good person. None are good. What if you could be full of the Holy Spirit and full of his power and it's open for every single person and flow with him? All right, last one. Luke twenty one thirty four, Be careful. Oh, here we go. That you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Okay, get this one. Be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold, which means you can. Which means it's your job not to let your heart grow cold. It's your job, not mine, not your spouse's, not other people praying for you. It's your job. To never allow your heart to grow cold. Remain passionate. Now listen to this. This is powerful. Gosh, if some of y'all would get this. Remain passionate and free from the anxiety and worries of this life. What is that telling me? That anxiety and worries of this life will still my passion for God and cause me to grow cold. Which actually means people who really were in love with God, loved God, knew God, walked with God, got so busy, so full of worries, so full of, of problems and issues that they, their hearts are cold now. In other words, they don't really have something that deep going with God anymore. They're not going after him with all their hearts anymore. They're not spending time with him anymore. They've allowed their heart to grow cold. He says, remain passionate. Stay free from worries, anxieties in this life then, listen to this, then you will not be caught off guard by what happens. Don't let me come and find you drunk or careless and living like everyone else. We don't have time. Um, what, will I be here next Sunday? Yes. Y'all remind me. Everybody remind me. Next Sunday, because this is what I was going to really preach, but I didn't get to it. Next Sunday, I'm going to preach Luke 21. It's an in time warning for the church. Jesus Christ has done all this teaching through this book of luke to get to this major thing about end time how many know if jesus christ in the gospels is actually by his own mouth speaking about the end times we ought to listen to it especially when we're living now now if you love this teaching and you better say you love this teaching